0: Live from the Acres Broadcast Center inside East Stadium. This is the Husker Athletic Director Show with Trev Alberts. Sports Nightly is presented by the NDOT Highway Safety Office, who reminds you to buckle up and put the phone down.
1: Here's the pitch. May swings and lifts a towering fly ball to right. Angle back to the track, to the wall. He jumps and he made the catch. He just took back a homer. Just saved three runs for the Big Red. The one-two, Kinney lines it down the left field, line down for a hit. Brooke Andrews around third. She will come in to score. No throw home comes in. It's an RBI single to left for Kaitlin Kinney. The two-two pitch. Breaking ball hit well in the left field. Mays back to the track. He's to the wall. He jumps in and it is gone! Griffin Everett, a three-run homer. And Nebraska's back on top, six to three. Huskers first pitch Livingston Browns to third grade to her left has it throws to first in time and Nebraska has won the 2022 Big Ten tournament title for the first time in school history they've won the Big Ten tournament championship here is your host
0: Greg Sharp on the Huskers radio network
1: and welcome to another week of Sports Island here on the Huskers Radio Network, and it's our last athletic director's show for the school year of 2021-22. We're going to give Mr. Alberts the months of June and July off to recuperate and get ready for another sc- How about that? Kids are gone. Campus is kind of quiet. It's different, isn't it? It is a little different. It's quiet, and uh, parking's
2: a little bit easier, and <laughs> yeah. getting to the office is easier, but... Uh... No, you know, you miss the energy of the students, and that's why we're all here. uh, We love the student athletes, love the energy, and and we still have some student athletes around here and general students on campus. And by the way, summer school will be starting here shortly, so uh, uh, no rest for the weary. Uh, We're gonna continue helping and supporting these young folks, but uh,
1: um, you know, most of us try to take a little bit of time off in the summer. It's a good time to to get ready for a fall. Well, congratulations, and I know the chancellor was happy with you because you got the turf down for graduation a few weeks ago. (laughs) yeah we did and, and um, I certainly
2: don't deserve any credit you know our facilities team, um, I'll tell you what I we have I think um, you know like game operations and facility event management. I, I don't know of anybody who does it better than Nebraska Athletics and uh, just really proud of that team. you know it doesn't matter what the, uh, what the effort is they will find a way to get it done and if that's working all night long, and they'll do it and i'll tell you i thought the graduation was spectacular it was a little bit warm Mm -hmm. and i know some of the families uh chancellor was telling me this morning uh or today in our meeting how some of the feedback he got was can we flip it around the other side just so we don't get the the sun directly Mm -hmm. so legit but you know again a lot to learn there but just proud of, of the whole execution of it i mean you think about the undertaking of having all of those families and all those students new turf and uh getting it done
1: on time was was really cool When people think of this campus, this stadium is probably the number one thing they think of. So for them to be able to, for this place to host graduation, I think it's a perfect fit. Well, it is a perfect fit, you know, and it's part of their experience. And so many of those students
2: probably celebrated uh, as a student at the game and and hopefully they had some highs and probably a few lows of of those games as well. But, you know, there's a lot of risk to it. Obviously there's a lot of expense in putting on a a graduation outside and you're really uh, hoping that the weather um, you know, if it's freezing cold and raining or snowing, it's uh, it's hard to execute. But I know Chancellor Green was, was really, really pleased with graduation, and uh, he sent out a very kind email to the whole athletic department and for those within the Husker uh, Athletics who worked hard on that. And it was very meaningful to me and our staff. Are you pleased with the way the turf looks? I am, yeah. You know, what's interesting is when you look at that turf, um, you sort of over time, over the years, Uh, the sun obviously fades things and you don't notice it as much until you bring the new turf my goodness the red pops you know and the white tom osborne field and and the numbers um gonna be a little bit different not all of our fans have seen it obviously but uh uh, one dark color green, uh, so that'll be a little bit of a change. But uh, I like how the brand pops, and uh, I think this is going to be the turf that brings us
1: some memorable moments over the next several years. At least that's our goal. And even the folks who came for graduation didn't see because it, it was covered that's up. Right. They put the boards down to, to protect it as well. But good. I'm glad you are able to yeah. – did you like it? And it was able to get uh, finished and complete. The football team, actually, a lot of them are back today starting some summer conditioning workouts today. The spring has also got you a uh, league championship. Oscar softball wins this, the tournament title what a what a fun moment
2: well it really was you know I've, I've really gotten uh, to know coach Ravel a little bit and um, have come to really respect and admire you know Rhonda for, for the way she approaches things and uh, a lot of positive energy and uh, a positive approach not just in softball but the entire athletic department and uh, just so much to celebrate with that team um, a team that was so resilient along the way and and i think at one point i said i mean it just reminded me of a team that just you know losing was not an option to them and in really critical moments when they had to find a, a win they, they were able to get it done so really proud of them and i think she's got a really strong team coming back again next year and and uh, so they took a tremendous step forward with with the softball program and never seen so many home runs in my life of course wow. There was a lot of wind out there at Bowling Stadium it for was. several of those games, but uh, just a lot of fun to watch their their energy, their passion, and and frankly their care for one another. You know, I see a lot. I saw a lot of similarities this year between the softball team and women's basketball. You know, we talked about that before mm-hmm. on our show. How when you looked at Amy's team, you could see a team that really enjoyed, you know, being teammates together. And so much of successful teams really comes down to that unity of purpose, that chemistry, and it's. You know how much do you care about the person next to you, and how much are you willing to invest in that person, and and frankly, not letting that person down. And I think that uh, Rhonda and our softball program had that this year as well.
1: And you had a chance
2: to go to the regional, right? Still I water. did. I did. I uh, you know drove to the old stomping grounds. Uh, well, it, Big wasn't, eight. Yeah. it wasn't it wasn't Boone picking Stadium back in the in the early nineties, <laughs> but. Uh, played there a couple times and uh, enjoyed the uh, sometimes you know getting out in the country and driving through kansas and small towns was a nice time to reflect and then of course with technology you could uh, be on the phone relatively the whole time i was going down there so it was nice it was nice to get down there and and uh and see them play unfortunately uh you know, it didn't work out the way that uh, the team uh, would have liked to finish, but um, I thought it was a great
1: step forward for our softball program. Travis, with us for the entire hour? If you want to be a part of the program, 402-413-2400. That's a call or a text. We've got some texts coming in we'll get to here in just a minute. Let's take a call. Gil out in central Nebraska joining us first tonight. Good evening, Gil. Welcome to the program. Gil, you there?
0: Who?
1: Gil? You mean Joe? Okay, Joe, go ahead. You're on with Trev. Hi, Joe. Um,
0: Okay. i talked to Trev about this before, uh, but I didn't get to finish it the last time we talked about it. Okay. You can go go back to the the 1965 Women's National Championship in volleyball, and you can watch the whole game. You can watch all of the – Postseason tournament last year in volleyball up to the runner-up game and watch that too and it's got all the games on there but when it comes to women's basketball all you get is the highlights of the game and then and you can get it and the big 10 championship you can get the highlights of of the women's softball game but I'm wondering why we can't get all of the game in women's basketball. And another thing I'm wondering about is uh, why, why we can't get more information on who the women uh, softball team and the basketball team are recruiting. We, now, we can get all the information we want to on the football team, what guys are visiting and when they're visiting and their height and weight and everything. We can't get one thing about women's softball or basketball.
1: Now, are you talking about on the website for seeing old games Is that we're yeah. talking about huskers.com? Okay. Uh, I can answer the the part about recruit. We can't talk recruiting on Sports Island because we work for the university. So we can't talk about young student athletes, men or women that are looking if Scott Frost is looking at or Amy Williams looking at, or John Cook, we can't talk about that. But I don't know about getting yeah. full games up on huskers dot com. Well,
2: it's a good point, Joe, and I'll tell you this. I will follow up. I'll talk to Keith Mann and our folks up in communications and and those that manage our website to see, um, you know if if perhaps there hadn't been a previous demand or if there's some, some reason why we can't post the entire games i'll check into that but yeah as greg mentioned i think you're you're getting all of the information about recruiting through other sources that's not coming from the university itself that would be an ncaa violation if we were out I'm talking about recruiting in that way. But um, I think you've seen a a dramatic shift, um, you know, in terms of the coverage of women's athletics, even by our local media. Nationally, um, as we're celebrating 50 years of Title IX, I think you're going to continue to see even more and more
1: magnification of the success of our women's programs, and I think that's good for everybody. Appreciate the phone call from out there in central Nebraska. Text question for you. Wanted to know your thoughts about the recruiting and portal additions that Coach Frost and his staff have added to the team? Well, there's been a lot of, written about that as well. And, you know, Vince Ginta I think,
2: has brought a, a nice energy down in the recruiting area. And, and um, you know, in, in my conversations with, with Scott and, and some of our coaches, I think they genuinely feel a, a, a sense of energy and, and momentum and are really pleased with the young men that they're adding, um, you know, through the, uh, the transfer portal. You know it's an interesting time and uh, ordinarily as as us fans you know we'd have that one signing date and you might have a late addition here or there but you know recruiting's never going to stop for our coaches and uh, you know now with the recent change that there's no 25 man limit at least for the next two years on rosters as long as you're within the 85 roster you're going to continue to see in that transfer portal signings that are going to continue to happen perhaps not with us but across college football so I'm just excited for them. I think they feel like they've added some some really quality football players and quality young men. And you know, now the challenge is when you have so many different uh, players from all over trying to bring them together, meld together a team and a culture because that's still going to be very very important, right? You can have great talent, uh, but you got to find a way to take that talent, put it within a system, learn the system, and then create some unity amongst that locker room. And uh, I know our coaches are excited about getting the opportunity to do that. So transfer portal has been a game changer. It really has. Uh, Some positive, some negative. Um, You know, there's a lot of negative to it as well. But in our situation, where we are as a football program right now, I think the transfer portal has been very
1: good to Coach Frost and our staff. There were two big things that came out, and Jessica and I talked about it last week on the program from the NCAA Division I Council. One was the two-year cycle that you could go above 25. You like that? You you good with that? And the other one was doing away with the divisions for football. That was another thing that they're now allowing leagues to do their own thing with what they want to do with that. Your thoughts on those two topics?
2: Yeah, I I think uh, you know as long as you stay within the eighty-five scholarships, it's neither here nor there to me on that. I mean, I you know, and I think you've really uh, disproportionately negatively affected those schools that perhaps had had some coaching changes or even had you know. I mean, there are schools that could never get up to the 85-man yeah. limit. And, and really, you're limiting opportunities for young people by doing that. So, um, you know, this was all instigated uh, or put into place. I don't know what year it was when Houston Nutt signed like 38 players when he was down at Ole Miss. And so there was some folks that said, wait a minute, we, we've got to have some limits on the size of class. But, um, you know, I think in a different era, in a transfer portal era, I think it makes some sense. You know, I think on the division piece, Greg, I think you're going to see more of that. I think you're going to see more deregulation. I'm going to, I think you're going to see more of that, not less. And I think you're going to see league to league have different approaches to it. You know, I mean, those leagues like the Big Ten that are currently in the middle of media negotiations and media rights negotiation and extending of those rights are probably going to be a little bit later because a lot of it's impacted by what your television partners are looking for, what kind of matchups, you know, um, what kind of tolerances each institution has that we bring to the table. And ultimately, when you factor all of those things together, um, you'll start to get some answers. But we just happen to be a little bit different, I think, in the Big Ten in that we're in the middle of multimedia rights or media rights negotiations, which impact All of those types of things, like divisions, number of conference games, and and,
1: and so on and so forth. Back to the phones we go. Let's go to Jason in North Bend. Good evening, Jason. You're up with Trev.
0: Good evening. Yeah. Hi, Jason. There's been a lot of uh, talk that you just mentioned on all the transfers that we're getting. Along with that, there's a bunch of NIL deals. And I'm just curious if there's a source that the public can access that provides details of those NIL deals, like if there's any guaranteed payments or performance.
2: Yeah. Performance uh, uh, mechanisms in those contracts. Right. Yeah, thank you, Jason. Yeah, that's not anything that that we at the university could release. Those are not deals um, that the university makes. So the university is not allowed to directly engage in either procurement, Uh, or inducement of prospective student athletes. And so uh, what we have, Jason, is through Open Doors, um, uh, our student athletes are required to, um, you know, make us aware of any of their name, image, and likeness deals. And so they have to declare those deals through Open Doors and our compliance department. And then Jamie Vaughn and our compliance team and Jonathan Bateman then um, are, are working through to make sure that the deals that are struck are ultimately executed. So we have at this point limited understanding about what those contracts look like, what the requirements are. Those are a third party deals that are done through what's called a collective. And uh, you know, there are multiple collectives at the University of Nebraska. The one that you've probably heard of the most prominently is called ABM and uh, ABM is in the market of procuring those deals for our student athletes. And so they're the ones that are managing what those
1: contracts look like and ultimately what the requirements of those contracts are. Jason, appreciate the phone call. Buckle up, put the phone down. A reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. One more caller before we go to our first break. We'll stay in Lincoln. Mo, you're up with Trev, good evening.
0: Yeah, how are you guys doing?
1: Doing well, Mo, how are you tonight?
0: Well, first of all, I want to say, Trev, I think you're doing a heck of a good job.
2: Well, that's nice of you, Mo. That's num- That's that's one in the in a good column.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. Uh, hey, I've got a problem with everybody's talking about this division realignment stuff, and they're talking about this three five five, but nobody explains what the heck that is. And I'd like if you can explain it. That's what I'd like to know.
2: I'll hang up and listen. Well, Mo, no. Before you hang up, you need to explain to me what I, I'm not sure
1: I, I understand. The con. Do you know? what – I know what he's talking okay. about. Okay. Yeah. Never but, mind, Mo. Greg's going to no, help me. The ACC is is floated out a three five five where you're going to play the same. This is football. Same three teams every year. So for Nebraska, that might be Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin. Mm. Then you're going to play five other teams in the league. The next year, you're going to play five different teams in the league but they're still the same three. So you would rotate through your leg that way. That's what the ACC is looking at. And we've talked about that. It's been floated out that the Big Ten. That's one of the models they're looking at as well.
2: Yeah, and, and I apologize, Mo. I, I was thinking three, three, five. That's an old defense I used to cover yeah. for years that, uh, that became in vogue Prep for a while in Iowa. Yeah, yeah uh you know no i I think i think the the challenging thing for fans is this and and uh and i certainly respect all of the national opinions Uh, i think it's wonderful everybody's entitled to their opinion the reality is this is that we're hearing about a lot of different ideas and its conjecture and its opinions and you know and quite frankly a lot of it comes from uh you know a position of 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 personal interest which is great but but it just adds a little bit to the confusion. Quite frankly, there are a lot of questions, and there's a lot of work that's going on behind the scenes. And um, yes, that there is some thought to that. The challenge for all of us is that when you have, you know, numbers that don't make sense, or when you can't get enough round robin games in in football, it's trying to figure out how do you create competitive equity, especially if you're not going to have divisions. I mean, how are you going to determine who your conference championship? You know, every single year it's going to be how could wisconsin or nebraska win the championship that year they didn't even play penn state or michigan state i mean that's what you're going to get and so there's been and and we've had those same kind of conversations in the big ten if you listed the teams you know that were sort of non-negotiables from a rivalry perspective who would your top two be and then who would your top four be Uh, and then the question is how do you create some equity around you know uh, a schedule the problem with that is true equity would mean you would have to have that scheduling philosophy for about 25 or 30 years for it all to even out and uh, but there is some thinking around it there's some and i think it's good thinking yeah then there's some thinking around you know should every one of our student athletes have the opportunity to play in every stadium over their career mm-hmm. in the Big Ten, uh, you know, I think there's some rationale to that. Well, now things like the transfer portal and others kind of make some of those, you know, opinions a little, um, you know, less relevant. So, I just think at the end of the day, um, as you look at conferences, and I can just tell you from the Big Ten's perspective, I think all of these are sort of intertwined. It's your television partner, and it's it's running a good business to generate the kind of revenue that we can benefit in terms of what the distribution is. It's the college football playoff. What ultimately does that look like? And how do we create a structure that's in the best interest of our partners, but also allows us to have access? At the end of the day, we're trying to win championships in the Big Ten. So how do we gain that access? And then what's the future of college football look like? What is that structure going to look like? What's the governance structure? I mean, there's been a lot of talk about deregulation and putting the you know, all of that down at the conference level and letting the conferences. So I think when you combine all of those different factors, um, it's much more nuanced than than I think just this easy, well, why don't we do this? Um, And I think that the Big Ten, uh, well, I know that the Big Ten is being very thoughtful, very careful. Um, You know, this isn't something that, um, you know, can get easily changed. And so as we work through, and we just happen to be, You know, one of the only in the Power Five, if not the only, I guess, um, that's in the middle of of media rights negotiations that really impacts some of this stuff for us. But I think a lot of the athletic directors in the Big Ten that I've talked to uh, are are proponents of of scrapping the division and, and saying the two best teams ought to get a chance to play you know, for the conference championship. The and that would be my opinion as Pac-12. well.
1: Pac-12 came out last week and said, we're doing away with it right now. You don't envision that happening for this fall, do you, in the league in any any I way? I don't, no. Oh, so we're locked into divisions okay. for the fall. All right, good to know. We need to take a break. Our sport's Now, that Valley, could change. What's that? Now, that could change. I know, it could change by tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. We know how this fluid situation is. Back, Insider-Husker's Radio Network Broadcast Center It's sponsored by Acres. The Midwest's premier John Deere dealer, supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more Acres solutions for every field. It's our athletic director's show, our final one for this school year with Trev Alberts. Here until the top of the hour, if you want to be a part of the program, 402-413-2400. You had a, a big announcement earlier today about a football three-game ticket package. What do the folks need to know about this? Well you know
2: Greg uh, we, we've talked a lot about this survey we sent out and um, and we're hoping to have uh, some more conversation about that survey uh, relatively soon but the, the point was is, is we heard from some of our fans about wanting some more ticketing options you know rather than just your traditional single game or season tickets and so really proud of our ticket office and, and some of the the thinking that went behind uh, you know a three game pack $180 and basically two games in each month you get to pick you can pick and choose what games you want and so you know for instance you get in that september you can pick north dakota or, or georgia southern one in october either indiana or illinois and then one in november either minnesota or wisconsin so you can kind of create and customize your own mini three game pack based on what your schedule looks like and uh when your family can come to the game. So I think it's a great uh, option and alternative for our fans, and so kind of a three-game mini-pack uh, for next football season. And that
1: goes on sale Wednesday. It's going to go on sale on Wednesday. That's Very nice. Right. Are season tickets still an option if somebody's out there going, uh, maybe this, I can still jump in there? Is that still an Absolutely. option Absolutely. Uh, we're always in a season ticket okay. uh, uh, sale. Uh, and we have actually a few of
2: them left on the east and west side of the okay. stadium. We have some season tickets left. Not a lot there, um, but, but we do have some available. I can give some other updates if that's all right Do we have time we do um so we, we've had 92 percent renewal rate on, on on our season tickets which i think um you know in light of the last several years is is again just remarkable on our fans um their support um and that's somewhat in line with what it's been in recently a little bit less than than what it's previously been but again want to thank our fans and so You know, when you do the math, we're roughly, and this is a hard thing to estimate, Greg, because each team will request a certain amount of tickets and depending on how many they sell. But we roughly have between 3,700 and 5,100 tickets to sell. Um, you know, for various games okay. this fall, so we do have some uh, some work to do in that area, and depending on the game, some some of those games have fewer tickets to move, uh, some of them up to 5,100 uh, tickets. So, just want to be transparent with uh, with our fans about the challenge that's ahead of us. Want to thank those that uh, did renew their tickets, and want to encourage others to. To help us in in uh, customizing their own ticket package, ninety
1: two percent sounds pretty good. Obviously, Georgia Southern won't use as many tickets as maybe Minnesota. Yeah, might, that's the challenge, right? Get.
2: You know, North Dakota might bring we'll a whole well. lot of fans, yeah, uh, because they're excited about getting a chance to come to Memorial Stadium. And so, again, just depending on who the team is, what the away, you know, Big Ten policy uh, sort of forces us to keep a certain number of tickets back. And and uh, so, depending on. On how those, um, you know, visiting teams' tickets are used, we're we're sort of guesstimating between 3,700 and 5,100 tickets
1: okay. um, to get moved prior to next season. You've referenced the survey a couple times, and I know you're still combing through some of that. One of the topics in that survey was about. One of the great traditions of Nebraska football—that's balloons—and it's come up on your show a couple of different times the last couple of months. Any update there? Yeah, we do have an update, and and this isn't a great update for those fans that are you know
2: love the tradition of the red balloons, uh, as do I. You know, we've talked a little bit in the past about you know the balloons and, and obviously the environmental impact, and it's a real thing. And uh, we've continued to, to do the balloons. This year is a little bit different. Uh, while we're still concerned about the environmental impact of of the balloons, the reality is is acquiring helium in today's day and age, given some of the challenge and some of the production of it is uh, really challenged and it's been hard to get. And so we've sort of been asked by the university to, to the, the helium that we are getting as a university, we need to use for medical purposes at UNMC and Omaha. And so we are this year not gonna be providing the red balloons um, for the first time uh, at Memorial Stadium. We're gonna work with Brandon Meyer and our marketing department to try to come up with something whether it's digitally or something to sort of designate and, and keep it alive. And, and we're working really hard on some alternatives in the future, but I, I just wanna be upfront with our fans. I know it's a little bit early yet, but um, as we looked into it as an athletic department, it became pretty clear that very limited supply of helium and uh, was gonna be hard to get in some of the supply chain issues that are out there right now. And I, I think some of the helium if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, is, is over in Russia. And it, it, we just having a difficult time, and so we made the decision to,
1: to end that tradition this year. And um, the Indy 500 is coming up this weekend here, Memorial Weekend, big spectacle in Minneapolis. They've done a big balloon thing. They've, they've stopped that this year as well for some of the same reasons that you right. talked about there as well. All right, let's get a call before we go to our next break. Let's go to Omaha and Kathy Good evening, Kathy, you're up with Trev.
0: Hey, hi, how are you guys?
1: Doing great, Kathy, how are you tonight?
0: Good, very good. All right, my first topic is about food.
2: Food, I like food.
0: Food, <laughs> I know, I know, me too. So I know we have favorites at the stadium that we always like, Valentino's Pizza and Runza's, but can we do steak on a stick?
2: Well, that sounds really good to me. I don't know why we can't. It does you know uh well i will just tell you kathy so so as part of you know and it's getting a little bit redundant now the modernization plan we 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 are diving into every single component you know we've got a wonderful committee and group that um, you know has been so kind and generous with their time Uh, while it's been relatively quiet in terms of the media we've been meeting every three weeks Um, we are basically done with a draft uh, of our work and we are diving into every single area and and the food piece and hospitality piece is a component of what our planning looks like and trying to figure out you know because there's certain amenity levels that that need to be met in each of these areas now the specifics of you know steak on a stick we haven't really got into that granular detail at this point but um you know i i do think that um you know, re examining every single thing we're doing as part of the Husker fan experience is going to be part of what we do. Um, I can also tell you that we've had a A food service consultant that has done a little review and, frankly, has uh, given us some feedback. And so, so much, as you pointed out, that we're doing is is awesome. And, listen, we're we're never not going to have Valentinos or Runza or hot dogs in Memorial Stadium. Uh, But are there some other things that we can add to the experience? Uh, We're certainly looking at that.
0: Oh, well, good. Because I just thought because beef, Nebraska, it's kind of a good tie-in.
2: Well, it is Kathy, and you know we've talked a little bit about this on this show. If I think it was on this show, but we're we're working as a staff to to figure out ways that we can better connect ourselves with agriculture in the state of Nebraska, and I think it's one of the areas. You know, of course, we've got some partnerships, and they're well placed. But you know, I think what the state of Nebraska brings to this athletic department is so unique. When you think about Omaha and Lincoln and all the way out west and we have business and entrepreneurship and we have innovation and we have agriculture, we have everything in this state and we need to embrace and take advantage of all of it. And um, so I'm hoping to have some of those types of, uh, you know, real strategic partnerships uh, in place as well. And, And I know beef, milk, all of those agriculture programs, uh, pork, all of it is
1: really, really important to the state of Nebraska. Kathy, appreciate the call. I need to take a break. 402-413-2400. The number to dot us up with a comment or question or fire off a text. We're back with more with the Husker Athletic Director next. Back inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center. It is sponsored by Acres, the Midwest Premier John Deere Dealer, supplying the equipment. And service to advance agriculture and much more acre solutions for every field. About 15 more minutes left with Mr. Alberts, our final show until August as the school year is wrapped up and just a couple things left. Still have some track athletes doing some things. Mm-hmm. On our text line, Dale in Scottsbluff wants to know how much input do member universities, whether it's CADs or chancellors, have in the media negotiations for the league rights? Well, we do have
2: impact, and, and obviously it's not just the athletic depart, uh, directors, but it's the chancellors and presidents as well. They ultimately are the decision makers, and so Chancellor Green and I have had conversations, and I think at the end of the day, what institutions are going to have to do is we're going to have to list what our tolerances are. So if you can imagine, if you're a network, and there's multiple networks that are interested in, in hosting, in, in, you know, Big Ten media rights, it's... You know what's the opportunity here? Is there streaming options? Uh, is there primetime games in November? Which right now they're you know after the first few. week there's no primetime games as part of the Big Ten policy. Um, you know is the Big Ten interested or be willing to play on a Thursday night? And of course we've talked about Friday night in the past, which is kind of a non-negotiable at least home here mm-hmm. at the University of Nebraska. So the, the the real question is is what is the tolerance? And what are the universities willing to do? And um, that's something that Chancellor Green and then in consultation with other leaders in the university will have to sit down and figure out. But, um, you know, I think we've always been about uh, this institution, we'll, we'll take as much national. Exposures we possibly can. I think showcasing our university and, and particularly our athletic department through football and our other sports is, has been great. So so we do have we do have some input. At ultimately, at the end of the day, the dollars are directly tied to the tolerances of the institutions and ultimately the Big Ten. And uh, that's just a reality. The commissioner takes the lead on a lot of that, doesn't he? The commissioner takes the lead, but, but he's not, you know, sort of unilaterally making these okay. decisions. He's got a committee set up that has uh, members of the big
1: 10 ADs as well as FARs and, uh, and presidents. Very good. Dale, appreciate the text. Let's go to Beatrice and Paul Good evening, Paul, you're up with Trev.
0: Hi, Trev.
1: Hi, Paul. How are you?
0: I'm doing fine. I'm doing a little work.
2: Well, good for you, Paul. Are you doing chores, or what?
0: Oh, some gardening?
2: Oh, okay. well, i got I'm behind on my gardening, Paul.
0: <laughs> I think a lot of people are. <laughs> <laughs> what can okay. we do for you, Paul? My question is, how could the Big Ten Conference just sit by and do nothing and and allow Purdue not to play? when it wasn't even raining there just so they could guarantee a Big Ten tournament spot?
2: Well it's it's a good question Paul and and I'm glad you brought that up you know and I've talked to coach Bolt about this and um, you know it it it, it's challenging and um, you know you you have to you're hoping and entrusting that your colleagues are are doing everything they can to to get the games in I mean at the end of the day um, you know Purdue and, and Maryland, neither of which probably had, you know, a, a real vested interest in, in getting the game in. But, uh, you know, Dennis LeBlanc, who is our sport administrator, he's been at the university a very long time, works with Will, uh, made several phone calls uh, on behalf of the university. And at the end of the day, the Big Ten sort of allows the institutions to work together on these things. And And I think that Dennis, uh, you know, uh, felt comfortable, um, that those two schools were, were reasonably doing what they could to get the game in. And um, yes, we're disappointed. Obviously we're disappointed not to be in, in Omaha, but you know, as Will and I talked, and I'm, this isn't me talking, this is Will, at the end of the day, we have nobody to blame but ourselves. And uh, we had multiple opportunities this year to win a couple games uh, to get ourselves into the tournament. So the real lesson here is make sure in the future we don't put ourselves in a position to have to hope that a game gets played where there's a chance uh, and a threat of weather. And um, so, unfortunately not in it. And uh, just like last year, maybe we weren't quite as good as uh, we thought. Uh, we're not nearly as bad as what our record is right now. I think we have a really good baseball program and I told that to Will. Disappointed not to be in the tournament, but I think you'll see a, a
1: different team next year. Well, appreciate the call. Nebraska eight one one says go dig red before you dig. Always call or click eight one one to have your utility lines marked. It's free. It's easy. It's the lawn. Our sports highly hotline brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family Shop. Woodhouse, first 18 brands, 16 convenient locations, simplified car buying to save you time. Shop finance by online at Woodhouse.com. A few more minutes left with Trev Alberts, our last show until August with the Husker Athletic Director. Let's uh, go out to Sydney. And is it Randall? Randall, you're up with with Trev.
0: Okay, hi guys, hi Trev. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a single guy. I live out here in the plains. Yeah, uh, we're working with the boys. The they founded. So uh, as, as an off the line kind of thing, I went ahead and looked at the price or cost going to Ireland, and it was not good. Uh, it was like six K, like two thousand dollars. Ireland. And I looked at the hotel the hotel list was a whole other story. I didn't understand what it was. to you fly out there and basically stay three days, but you don't stay at that hotel until that's three days. So you fly out there uh, for, the fourth day before and the fourth day after. So that threw me for a loop. I didn't quite understand it. So that's why I, I will not going anyway. But I thought, boy, has, has anybody ever checked into this? Fly the was?
2: well thank you randall and and um, um, I think I got most of of what you um said uh, and 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 I appreciate the challenge for you and and I understand you know um, the ticket prices and and um, airfare and all of those things are are a challenge for some of our fans and uh, I recognize that and you know um The game, a lot has changed um, since we originally agreed to play in the game. We're we're excited to play in it. We wish more of our fans would have an opportunity uh, to get over to Ireland. But I I do recognize and understand what the challenge is. I know the hotel prices uh, are a challenge as well. and, And I also know... I think the Cornhusker fans that are scheduled to be in Ireland, uh, if it isn't 3-1, it's 2-1 to Mm to over Northwestern fans. And so the Husker fans, as always, have showed up, and we're going to have a great, quote, home field advantage over there. Um, But I I recognize and and, and understand and sympathize with the challenge of of trying to follow the
1: Huskers over to a place like Ireland. You'll be there, right? I will be there. Yep, good. One last caller for the night. Mark in Omaha, you're up with Trev. Good evening. Oh,
0: yes, thank you. I was wondering if there'll be uh, improvements in the volleyball park for next
1: season? The parking?
2: Yeah that's a, that's a great question Mark and and I'll be honest with you I've, I've observed that myself and, and recognize there's a lot of work to do there um, and you know we've talked about a lot of different options and as Innovation Campus, you know, there's a master plan over there. And so it isn't just Devaney It's a lot of other things of working with Chancellor Green on and and trying to figure all that out The long-term solution over at Devaney is a parking garage and you know the reality is those are those are expensive and they're difficult and um, If we can get some some more clarity on how some of those Outlots are going to fill in and what the needs in terms of parking will be um, I, I think there's some things that we can do in the short term, but um, in the immediate future, I don't think you're going to see drastic change in a positive perspective in the parking at volleyball. And, and I don't feel good about that, to be honest with you, because that fan base has been as loyal as anybody. Um, but if you have ideas, if there's some small things that we can tweak um, to make it easier, more convenient, um, we will do the best that we can to, to do that. But that, that's an area that we are, are are not in a strong position, and I apologize uh, to our volleyball fans on that. Any chance to plan a match at PBA? You know, I talked to John a little bit about that, and and you know, he he doesn't want to play conference games there um, for obvious reasons. And uh, ten seconds, you know, um, so I not immediately. I'm I'm working with Coach Cook. You know, okay. he didn't want to move over to Devaney either, so <laughs> it'll take a little time.
1: Did. Good to see you. Have a great summer. <laughs> Good to see you too. There's our Trevor Albert show for the month of May, and then our hour sports only coming up.